2: Today we're speaking with Dr. Owen Everard about how to run well into your thirties and beyond. I mean, uh,
3: shock tactics from us here, Rick, bringing the thirties into the title. As if thirties old, as if if thirties even. Sometimes consider how you should change your running. Well, guess what, everyone, it is. Yeah, but not how you might think. We're not. We're not out here doom. You know, dooming and glooming. We're here to bring you uh, just a slice of reality. Yeah, and it's all positive. (laughs)
2: Yeah, it's not all about decline. It's just about, um, you know, how to adapt your training to become even quicker as you get even older.
3: Yeah, it was a lesson for us all, Rick. Actually, I learned some good stuff.
2: How is your aging body holding up under running, Ben?
3: Uh, do you know what? It's not running. It's nothing to do with it. I'm sat in quite an uncomfortable chair right now and, I can, <laughs> and I'm can and i feeling it more than ever in my hips. It's things like that, Rick. I think yeah, that's, sure. the, that's, that's the sort of stuff that does me in. Um, But in a minute, after I've finished doing this, I'm going to get up. I'm going to have a stretch. I'm going to go for a run.
2: You are running quite a lot a minute, aren't you, I think?
3: Uh, Yeah, 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 sure. I am. I am doing a bit more. I think I just, I've just sort of been going out and doing more. I'd like to say that it was more structured and I was actually getting faster and with this race coming up and I was feeling more confident about that. But I'm actually, I've kind of just enjoyed going out and doing a bit more sort of a variation in th- stuff that I hope will see me right in the end, but it's not, it's not yeah. particularly focused. It's, it's, it's more just sort of like, I don't know, just uh, on, on this sort of journey back into sort of running towards a race, Rick, it's kind of b- just been a bit more like, well, I'm not going to try and run a really, my fastest half marathon in eight weeks. Cause everything that we've spoken about recently <laughs> has been like, don't, don't put a weird time limit on time frame on training for stuff. So, um, well, i'm really enjoying i did some errands this week and managed to just do a nice little tour of east london doing some errands i really enjoy that kind of running different focus mm. you know when you're not like oh i must go and do this session and i was just like i've got to go and deliver some parcels so i don't and did that and that was very that was very underrated session. The, the, the underrated session the if you're not delivery. building any sort of postage into your running sessions then <laughs> i don't think you're doing it right yeah you know um but no it's good i'm gonna go for running uh, and maybe i'll do some hills as suggested in by our, our very smart guest this week so you know, I'll, I'll do that love that how's, how's yours going
2: well, it was um it's been a, it's been a roller coaster ben it's been a roller coaster oh, no. of a year for me running wise um i had a, like I had a really good run on uh, wednesday night and i was like it's a bit of a fartlek thing about, about an hour in total and got up to some fairly what has been for me recently like decent paces it was hilly like as well, right? came yeah. back and i was like first time since the knee surgery i was a bit like this i'm kind of i'm not as fit as i once was I'm, I'm back not, I'm, baby i'm back yeah a little bit like that i was like <laughs> i'm back like i've got no no injury and then uh then two days later um just walking around i felt like i've broken my toe like my oh, my, no. my so i was like what what on earth like i'm, I'm honestly like I'm, I'm doing like 20 miles a week so i'm like I, I don't think i've got a stress fracture on like on is it still hurt now it hurts a little bit. Um, it hurts less now, and doesn't hurt. I'm, I can like sleep and stuff, so it's not like. But I was like, oh, oh my god, I can't have a,
3: I can't, have a, I can't, have a I can't have a broken toe as well. That's not thing good. I Rick. Need. But anyway, you've been to- doing your toga. You've been doing your stroke, your tank, your your, your, <laughs> yeah. your toe strength your work. Toe strength you know? work. Come on. Yeah,
2: you're right. Um, oh, quickly. Uh, obviously, World Champs have just finished. Um, mm-hmm. do, what was your highlight? What was your personal highlight?
3: Um, highlight would probably be uh, Matt Hudson smithrick I'm going to say um because the guy has been through a lot and has been lots of setbacks and has talked you know spoken openly now about the mental health issues that he's suffered in the following injury and and everything going wrong and losing sponsorship and stuff like that so to come and get a bronze uh and to sort of sort of go some way in burying those demons that was that was that was big i liked seeing that that was good to see um you I think it's got to be Jake Whiteman. I, mean, I, I do. I,
2: I love seeing Laura Muir get that really gutsy bronze when it was that kind of yeah. like just like literally flat out uh, for 1,500 meters. But um, I think yeah, Jake Whiteman like very like you know wouldn't have no no one would have called him for for a gold. Oh yeah, he was
3: up against th- yeah, like the, the, the Olympic British champ, team. yeah, yeah, the Olympic champ, the defending Europe uh, World champ, and the, the fastest guy for, for the year so far, and then yeah. he won. Yeah. yeah, so and it was a brilliant
2: like I won't pretend to be that well versed in 1500 meters tactics but I think he ran the perfect tactical race, in that he kind of kept in touch and he put himself in a position to to win and then he was just able to to execute it and it's obviously his dad was commentating and I think that he is looked at as being just one of the like a, one of the nice guys in athletics mm. really put in a shift possibly not as super talented as as uh, as some people but is someone who uh is very consistent and knows how to turn up uh, for the big races so that was that was great and i really enjoyed actually watching it as ever i think it's just it's very inspiring watching that stuff even if some of it's you know completely unattainable mm. i always get always love to see uh running on that level because i think it's really really exciting
3: yeah uh and a close second because it was a close second yeah. it's worth mentioning keely hodgkinson and just uh, watching, yeah. watching
2: Ireland. I think she was a bit unlucky there. Oh, yeah.
3: me too. I just she was just it was just couldn't quite get level, and there was just enough, like just enough there to just have that. distance. Anyway, yeah, some I'm great not quite moments. Sure,
2: if there was that gap on the inside, or whether that was being slightly like no, nah, there like, was a
3: gap. She just it was just just ended up being have, yeah one of those things. Anyway, some great moments, some good, yeah. some, good yeah. some good, some good, some good running moments. So yeah, what well, thanks thanks for everyone for running and we watched it thanks
2: yeah um, and if you're like Ben and I and getting a little older but still you know liking running and having some ambition um, our next guest <laughs> will be, uh, will be a, a real boon I think for, for, for body and mind uh, she's going to tell us how to how to stay relevant how to stay quick as we, uh, as we get older
0: guest of the week here in the studio guest of the week
2: sometimes on the phone could be an athlete could
0: be a physio
3: Complete our guest this week is chartered physiotherapist, certified athletic therapist and author Dr. Owen Everard and he's going to be advising us all how to run well into our 30s and beyond. So uh, Dr. Owen, welcome to the Run As World well podcast. Um, in the intro we talk about the 30s and beyond for running and i think that when we mention the 30s most people might think oh wait wait a sec the 30s that's still pretty young why do i need to even be considering anything beyond just going out for my running and and that's all i need to do but so let's tackle that to begin with why the 30s why is it important to use that decade as a sort of like starting point
1: yeah it's really good uh good question i think the main reason is because it's a kind of transitionary period but we don't even realize you know um we're used to training hard in our 20s And I knew for myself anyway, from kind of um, an elite runner's background that it was just surprising as I got into my late 20s, 30s, that the sessions and the workouts I was able to do earlier in my 20s were now suddenly causing a couple of issues. So I think when you get into your 40s, you kind of recognize you can't run like you're in your 20s. But I think sometimes, you know, like, you know, like all of us, uh, time just goes by so quickly i look at like uh, pictures on my wall and it's like can't believe it's 2016 when that happened or like i won in all ireland like over 10 years ago now and i still honestly feel the same age so i feel like sometimes we need to address these things in our 30s because um we can just naturally just stay running and not really think it's like okay do i need to alter things do i need to change everything in your 30s compared to your 20s is that a lot of us now have jobs? You could have a family, much more responsibilities, but yet we're still trying to hit the same type of training um, and maybe with the same intensity. So, so it's something that you want to address? Yeah, absolutely. I always think
2: probably the the area that's going to be causing issues as you get older would be the speed work. Do you, is is that fair? And if so, how can you kind of temper that as you as you get a bit um a bit more mature as a runner?
1: Yeah, it is. I think the main thing, so there's two th- there's two things I want to address there. One is, as we get older, generally we tend to do kind of longer distances, but I really do think it's important to keep speed in your training. Not trying to hit the same times, um, and that'll be the second part, but having some kind of speed. So there's a thing called the acute to chronic workload ratio. And what that research says, if I just make it really simple, is it's not that the the amount that you do it's sudden spikes in the amount that you do so if you haven't done as much sprinting and then go and do a sprinting session that's what really catches you out or if you've been doing longer races say if you're in your 30s or 40s you're like I'll do a marathon and then you just try naturally transition back to a 5k not having any of that work done is what can catch you out much more than um Constantly having that, so keeping strides in your routine is like essential because, again, as you said, as we get in our thirties, or forties, or fifties, that natural speed or power is what we lose. We 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 gain strength, we gain aerobic fitness, but we can lose that power and speed. So it's just if you use it, you don't lose it. The second thing in relation to speed, and it doesn't have to be speed as in like one hundred meters, two hundred meter sprints, it can be my friend he's like 40 he's just going on 45 and he's a lot of the master records here in ireland brian Maher, and he says a great line he's like the you you can train in your 40s like you trained in your 20s and that breaks a lot of athletes they're trying to hit the same sessions so if you're still at a level you're like you know what this was a key session or key workout that i used to do when i was younger i'm just going to try to hit it and that's when you get breakdown or or um or problems. Again, you have different strengths. You probably can do more aerobic work now than you could before. You're probably like physically a little bit stronger than you were in your 20s. Um. So you just have to naturally adapt that. And people chasing the same sessions or the same volume of training in a week and expecting the same results as well, I find leads to a lot of problems
3: you mentioned like aerobic capacity there and i kind of think that before we get into this sort of like chat where it might sound like we're going to talk about everything on a decline as we get older you um, i mean obviously like <clears throat> the, the 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 muscles and how they behave will change as you age but your aerobic capacity is sort of the thing that you can hold on to it right as you age it's sort of not necessarily something definitely yeah and get better yeah exactly so i've got friends obviously who are setting pbs in their 40s now for the mile and it's it's you know it's not it's not all doom and gloom we're just talking about adjusting things accordingly
1: yeah exactly yeah it's like it's not you're just saying you know raising the white flag and especially for people who didn't run a lot in their 20s but it's like taking a, a 20 year old or 25 year old's program and applying that in your 30s or in your 40s is not going to work you have different strengths like a good example for me is i've i've been i was running 800 meters when I was 16, and I was a real speed-based athlete, so a type of session might be like four by 200 meters in like honestly 23, 24 seconds. But I never had that much endurance. I went back to that sport, coming more from an aerobic side, and what I found was the first lap I found it really <laughs> hard to get up to the speed. But I now was like a diesel engine. So the second lap, I was I was um, catching a lot more people. Now I've, I've gone. Uh, for larger distances but the times are relatively the same now if i tried hit that say 148 for me if i try hit that doing the same type of training as i did before and getting frustrated because i'm not as quick i would either broke down or not run as well but accepting it's like okay i'm a different type of athlete now your body's physic more physically stronger you're much more aerobically fit and you've got to kind of utilize those and then look ultimately whenever when you're fit all you're thinking about is times pb's doing well if you get an injury for long enough all you're thinking about is i just want to get back running and being healthy so you do have to accept that that's a a trade off in your 30s like it's just great to be fit healthy and when you get consistency that's when you get the best results so you know we, we have to accept where we are i think it's
2: really interesting you say about um how training could change with speed because it it made me start thinking oh maybe maybe there should be like masters marathon training programs and i think we've we've got our own marathon programs but we we don't tend to adapt them to to age we we adapt them to a time for four four hour marathon by time Mm. but actually i wonder is that something that you that you would prescribe to people So actually there should be this kind of master style training that's what that's
1: look there's some things that people do like elite marathon runners do that uh, you wouldn't recommend, like, they do these double days that could literally have like 30 miles in them, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like, obviously, you wouldn't recommend that. But I think what you're doing by time is the most appropriate. Well, I feel now I don't do much training. Obviously, we do uh, Pilates and all, but we don't really do running coaching per se. So, mm. uh, leave that to you, gentlemen. But it is really important <laughs> for people to have a coach to get that structure. I really feel it's a good benefit. And a lot of athletes don't give themselves the permission to, to look after their bodies to, to do the right type of training. Um, one thing I do find, though, for marathon training is that there's an over-reliance on the, say, longer run. So again, if you're not used to doing 18, 19, 20 miles, just doing that repetitively and then very short stuff in the week, it's not that varied a training, and that will lead to injury. What I would recommend people, if they are doing a marathon program is say if they're doing one long run do it into a two-week block so if you're doing a say if you do 16 miles one week the next week do like a a kind of session in your marathon long run okay so what you would do maybe is like warm up for 60 minutes five minutes on at marathon pace five minutes like a minute slower than that by like for, for 25 minutes cool down so you might hit say 14 miles but you've got used to running tired, used to running at that pace. And then the following week go on to like, say, 17 miles. So it's not just like, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 at this like slow, repetitive pace. You're kind of changing up the stimulus a little bit more. And my friend does that. He's a coach as well. And he finds great results with that. Just adding a kind of some type of session in the long run every second week.
3: Yeah, we had... um. Tom Craggs on recently talking about 80-20 and the sort of the load and, and building quality. And, you know, if you're limited to the miles you can do in a week, building some of that 20% quality into those sort of longer runs so that you're not just, as you say, ticking a box of being like, all right, well, I must add miles at some point. I can actually make this, just this one run could be 80-20 so that 80% of it is that slower and then 20% is that quality.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because people especially without coaches if they're looking at some of the training session like the training programs out there are so garbage it's unbelievable like <laughs> they yeah. are like they're, they're they're taking the one part of like oh well you need to have prepared your long run it's like sorry you can't just take that and then forget that you should also have a good base like you know jack yeah. daniels would have said you know 25 30 max of your running should be a long run but you have people doing like five miles five miles <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, an eight miles and then banging out an 18 miler on the on the weekend. Yeah. You know, because yeah. so, I need to get my long run. It's like, sorry, you need to get some more conditioning. And we talked about that acute to chronic workload. Like that's a massive example of it. It's like you're, you're doing this real sudden spike in training load that your body's not conditioned for, you know, like, so having, as you said, that 80-20, having that bit of quality in there as good and then some people have to ask themselves it's like it's like that ryan holiday book like ego is the enemy it's like maybe a marathon isn't right for you this year maybe get a faster half marathon time maybe work on your 10 mile or your 10k time do you know um it's just it's something that really annoys me this thing of like oh we just always have to go longer how about get quicker at the shorter distances do 5ks do 10ks get good at it and then then earn earn your marathon.
2: talk about Pilates there, because I know that that's that's an area that you um that you train in. I was I was thinking about strength and conditioning for the older runner as well. Yeah. and um, what do you think that should look like? And what are the benefits do you think that Pilates might have over, I guess, something like lifting weights, or do you feel like it's it's all part, it's it's complementary in that sense?
1: It, it's all a part of it. Like look, look, time is a thing. So it's what you can do. There is there is um a performance pyramid, like or a hierarchy in these things. So if you're looking obviously I'm going to be biased I'm like a butcher I, you know if you butcher he's not going to say be vegetarian so obviously you're right, we yeah. do Pilates <laughs> so I'm going to say like Pilates or strength work is important but yeah. like I was having hip problems in my late 20s doing the same sessions so this is what worked for me and I just kind of moved on from there but um the way you want to develop is you need to develop like a movement base first you need to be have good like mobility stability and motion control which is like good technique essentially so that's where sports pilates would come in our sports pilates much more than just normal pilates focuses on getting back into like running positions so we start on the ground but a lot of Pilates can stay on the ground and just stay trying mm. to like tone muscles like say clams or bridges on your on the ground but it's not going to transfer over to running so we yeah. go, we try that transfer getting back on your feet, using those muscles you've activated um, into running positions. So that kind of helps make the body stronger. But once now, I kind of stay there. But once you've got that, if you were, if you're doing a full strength and conditioning kind of overview, the next thing you'd work on is work capacity. And work capacity is your a body's ability to tolerate load. So what that means practically is you should then be doing, if you're in the gym and you don't have experience, If you've done some good movement prep, like your sports Pilates, maybe you've done a course of that, then do weights that are like, you know, 15 reps, because that will just allow your body to get strong and get used to that type of movement, you know, like that you're able to squat with a certain amount of weight for like 15 reps, uh, hinge or do like kettlebell swings or press ups. So it's like just getting your muscles and your joints robust enough to tolerate heavy load. And yeah, then you can yeah. work on maximum strength, which is generally like three or five sets of five reps. Then yeah. move into power. Um, we could talk about like as well. I think power is one that you want to be very careful with, like plyometrics and power. But um, what I what I do, I can go on rants here. So if you just want to cut me off, great. But no, what no, I no. can do is a rants are great. Uh, <laughs> like skipping is a really good way to add in some plyometric power. And there was a great, great. study in twenty twenty that showed that. Like skipping improved um, like strength, re- reactive strength index, that's like basically plyometric power by 13 percent, improved counter movement jump by 10 percent, squat jumps by 5 percent. So and you're not having to jump off boxes and do very explosive yeah. movements, which as you yeah. get older can be like, you know, very dangerous yeah, yeah, for yeah. what your body is able for what I love about skipping and the literally just get a skipping rope or a jump rope for our American audience. I was on a podcast talking about skipping and she's like, what the hell are you talking about? So jump rope. <laughs> jump rope. <laughs> she's like, yeah. Okay. She's so polite as well. I was like, yeah. um, you know, literally two feet for 20, one foot for 10, one foot for yeah. 10, and then alternate feet for 20. Do that three times. If you're doing it twice a week, uh, what's great about skipping is it's a self limiting exercise. It basically, um, if you can't skip correctly, you can't skip, you just keep hitting the rope. So set a timer, don't do more than three minutes. And then over time, as you get your coordination, your muscles have also got stronger to be able to address that. So yeah, there'd be two things. You could do skipping for power. I would definitely do like a Pilates at least once per week. You see, running is great for burning calories, but you don't use mus- you don't use your muscles. Like, and there's a lack of variation. So that's why you never hear of a runner get like a hamstring tear, a quad tear. It's not like like football or some field sports. It's all like plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendonitis. It's all the tendons and the joints because that's the area that gets overloaded. So especially Mm. as you get older, it's so important that you're doing something that basically wakes up the muscular system. That can be strength training. That can be Pilates. It doesn't matter, but better to start with just controlling the movement and then move up um but what that does is by waking up the muscles once they're awake they're naturally going to take over a little bit you know it's like mm, if i'm asleep okay. and you're out in the club and someone is like starting a fight with you i'm not gonna be helping. I'm, I'm asleep like there's nothing i can do you tell me the next day you're not gonna be like oh where were you it's like i was asleep so that's the same if you're on your long run if those muscles are asleep, they're not taking any of the load. So you get injured later on. You're like, oh, you didn't help me out. It's like I was asleep. Oh, yeah. Whereas yeah, like yeah. if you're beside them, <laughs> depends on your friends, some of them won't yeah. see it, but at least they'll, at least they'll pu- try to push away. So if the muscles are woken up through, say, a structured Pilates once a week or a gym, they'll naturally kick in to take some of the load, which will take a lot of pressure off those passive parts of the body.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I love the analogy. It's one of my favourite analogies in podcast history. <laughs> waking up the muscles like, like they're a, a mate who can help you out in a in a battle. Yeah, oh, that's great. If it's an Irish guy, you're <laughs> going to get like an alcohol or a
1: fighting analogy, probably.
3: I reckon it just depends on how big the other guy is. I think those. <laughs> oh yeah, I got legging. The
2: the skipping thing's good though, because I think like that's so easy as well, isn't it? Like just having a skipping rope, skipping for three minutes. Like um, kind of en- anyone. Anyone can do that and it's, you, know, you could do it before a run and it's like 100%. And it's doing something really useful. Yeah. Like
1: what I do is I leave it in my car. So I usually go for the run and then come home five minutes early. So because that study, it wasn't like they did it extra. It's like one group did five minutes of skipping, one group just did extra running. And the group that did the extra skipping, their 3K times improved by 3%. The group that just did extra running, they only improved by 1.5% and there was no improvement in any of the running economy things like the plyometrics so have it in your car and just come back like just outside your house because i know if i come inside it's it's yeah, game over i'm not happen. going back yeah. out but if yeah. you have it in the car close your house just take it out skip and then come back in and come back from your yeah. run early to do it
3: yeah so it's all, all the same time you're not adding more to your like yeah you know time that you've got you are you're just changing up that last five minutes
0: yeah
1: yeah, yeah so um, we got one we got one no excuses got, out there it. Possibly 15 euros or 15 <laughs> pounds so you can get one yeah. um we sort of i mean we've been,
3: this this whole thing's been about how strength and conditioning and how important it is and in, in the pilates and, and the muscles and the tensors and all that sort of stuff but does does that sort of attention to the strength and conditioning change as you get older i mean and we're talking because i guess things like certainly 60s and 70s and beyond your sort of bone density and things like that and you know is it is it something that people need to build into a, a certain level and then adjust much like the running or is it just that it's just a, a consistent thing that needs to be there
1: no it's getting because we're not going to look at power like i said if we're getting our skipping i feel like we'd have a little bit of that plyometric power um yeah does earlier start you're kind of building more of that bone and that strength and like our aerobic your your body will keep, keep getting actually naturally stronger anyway so once you're having that level of Um, strength training in there it's something that you can maintain for life also with this is like look uh, like I'm the same I do my Pilates say once for a week maybe twice for a week I'm not expecting that this is like a threshold kind of value so it's about waking it up but once it's woken up if you enjoy running more um, you can keep that it's just you need that especially as you get older you need that variation in your life and a lot of us I had someone say this is really interesting point it's like As we get older, we are sitting more, say, in our desks or you could be driving to work a lot more. So your routine is much more routine to to put it in a weird way when you get older. So it's just so much more important to have. You need to structure in that variation much more than probably when you were younger. This is the Runner's World Podcast.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row?
3: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
2: Do you think for that reason, like an older runner has to be a little bit careful about running with younger runners? I'm just thinking yeah. about people who maybe club run or maybe even like dads running with their, their kids. And maybe, you know, trying to copy or keep up. Do you think that's a danger for for older runners? Especially if
1: they're doing sessions. Like I've had uh yeah, I've had a guy in, he's just in his thirties, but again, as you said, the transition out of your thirties, it's like like I was feeling nineteen till I was like thirty five. And God. <laughs> <laughs> <Like, laughs> do you know you'd be run you running with a guy and you know, you'd be thinking, God yeah, we're actually he's he's like twelve years younger than me, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> he's one of the guys. Um but he he is like double double um, hamstring tendinopathy just at the top of his hamstring and the ischial, right. yeah. ischial mm-hmm. tuberosities because he's doing sprint sessions that you get away with. And when I say sprint sessions, say like hard 400s, hard 600s kind of flat out that when you're training with a younger person, um, you can get away with. like As well, those type of time sessions, I feel like as you're getting older, should be limiting that just just i feel like you have a lot more on if you have a job if you have like family stress i'm not discounting that from being in college and all there's times there but you're much you're much more um determined for your running like we all want to do well but when you're in if you're especially a track athlete like it's very specific where i feel like getting getting a heart rate or getting a lactic test done with your heart rates like they cost about 100 pounds people really overestimate how expensive they are having them on your heart rate monitor and then doing things by minutes, like, you know, four by seven minutes at marathon pace or five by five minutes at like lactic threshold pace. It allows, especially off your heart rate, allows you to just get out, have a confined time and just run by feel more than sometimes when you're going with younger guys, they're great because they bring that energy. But if they're really trying to hit times, you're either trying to keep up or say if you can keep up and your body's not breaking down, it's like you probably have a lot more stress. Like it's hard then to like get back and bring kids here or go and get dinner with your wife or get ready for a meeting or extra work, you know? So I think there are two things. I think one physically, but then two also that kind of mental emotional stress of like constantly trying to hit hard sessions. You might be just in a different mindset than someone who's younger. Yeah, definitely. Fair enough. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, What do we need to know then differently in terms of recovery as we get older? Then we've talked about the training and how that's got to adapt. Is the recovery, is it, you need to bring in longer periods between efforts? Is it uh, just a sort of like consuming more protein? Is it all these different things that, you know, (laughs) that like, as you get older, does it change?
1: Yeah, well, you're on the, you're on the, I think hopefully this gets people thinking if you're looking at this one, it's like, you're not, runners are terrible for thinking that they take it easy on themselves when we're in probably one of the hardest sports there is yeah. in terms of like pushing yeah. yourself every time i've talked to a runner it's always like oh i just gave up there it's like no you didn't like i'd i love to see your heart rate profile you're probably flat out for the last 10 minutes and your body eventually just <laughs> give up so it's the same when we get older it's like oh i don't know why i'm achy or I'm not feeling this it's like you have got a lot more stress on you can't burn a candle at both ends and expect it not to go so one thing i've done i've gone from like three sessions a week to two sessions a week i've seen no difference there yeah. secondly as well as we used to do like say as in a, and i've run like thirteen fifty eight, doing this you know sub 30 so it's not like you can't run fast doing this i honestly believe i wouldn't have run as quick keeping the way I ran before so like instead of doing two we used to do two runs of like a 30 minutes and like 50 or 60 and now I do one run of maybe like 70 if I'm getting really ready for a race like 75 because like it's one less time to shower and to get yeah. ready do you know <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that might sound yeah. mind. no less <laughs> washing <laughs> just generally yeah, yeah do you know what I mean like so yeah. I think getting your quality like just maybe doing two good sessions on a Wednesday and a Saturday rather than Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday like adjusting that to give you extra time bringing back in a rest day on a friday these are key things i've done um not not pushing the running sessions so much like still you're still working but you should always feel like you know what i had a bit more there and that helps both ways one it helps with the crowd recovery afterwards but two it helps that you're not like when i was in my 20s you're doing sessions you're you're like so stressed about the session do you know but it's grand because that's what you're doing now if i was working if i have a lot on and i had that absolute stress about a session you're gonna you're gonna mm. burn out much more than you mm. think you are so doing things like five by seven minutes doing things like four by six minutes 20 second hills 30 second hills things that you don't have to measure your body will naturally find you, you won't you won't uh, go easier On yourself then you think you'll probably just find your natural rhythm and you'll probably run a lot better um so there are there are a couple of things and then as you said cross training maybe one day you do a cross training taking one run out you're going to have a natural bank of aerobic fitness because you've done it for so many years Mm. that you'll be better off doing like a pilates or a gym once a week and replacing the run out of there or maybe doing a cycle or a swim instead of a run to keep your body healthy as well. Is that, was that practical? I feel like I want, someone's listening to this on the run, I want a couple of things that they just can take away here from that. So it's like, if you are doing three sessions, maybe go, you know what, if I do two sessions, but still get the same kind of work in. So for example, if you were training for a 5K or 10K, generally we used to train a hard enough session at the distance. So like a 5K, 10K session one session above the distance, so like a half marathon 10 miler and one below the distance. And that would be in three sessions in a week. But what you could just do is like combine some of that. So maybe you do your 5, 10K work and at the end of that, you do, uh, that's one session. And then you do say uh, a longer kind of threshold session for your above the distance and maybe Mm. afterwards or before you just add in a little bit of the say 3K work. So you might do, um, you might do, as you said, four by six minutes of lactic threshold or aerobic mm-hmm. threshold and afterwards just do four by 20 second hills or six by 20 second hills so you're still hitting the same stuff but you're just doing it on two days rather than having you know three hard days yeah mm-hmm. and again if you're running yeah. six days a week or seven days a week put in a rest day one day and then maybe one of the other days go you know what i'm just going to do a gym session here to counterbalance the, the tightness not that i'm getting
3: for sure i think that the practical side of it comes from people listening and probably noticing or certainly acknowledging perhaps that they just feel like the quality of their running is diminishing and they're still trying to achieve all the things that they were doing before with the same old sessions that's, I think that's it, where it that's it yeah i think that's where it comes It's more this is more just a sort of like in a, a sort of hopefully uh maybe a little tap on the shoulder of being like <laughs> is it still working for you because yeah the, exactly and, the, and
1: even like like you know, just that thing of like you're doing okay. You know, it's like because sometimes, mm. you know, when I start running more aerobically, which suits you as you get older, I was sure going into my first race in cross country that it's like, oh, I'm going to run, I'm going to run terribly here. But I actually qualify for Ireland in the in the cross country 33, first time ever, because you can't improve aerobic by running anaerobically. So a lot yeah. of times, especially as you're getting older and the power is harder to get, you're you're you run at the same time you're running much more anaerobically than you did before, whereas like going mm. slower, you're hitting that zone you're improving that you're putting less stress in the body and you're gonna see bigger improvements, especially as you go for five k ten k and above yeah absolutely
2: I mean that's great um i'm gonna we'll flip it on its head and I wonder if you' ever met someone who's like it's like um oh, I'm, I'm forty now like my my fast running's behind me, and maybe they buy into this idea that like you know uh you get slower and more sedate with age people who possibly like um yeah uh count themselves out too early yeah do you think that do you think that can happen and what would you say to someone who's perhaps doing that oh yeah that can
1: definitely happen that can definitely definitely happen so look depends on what your goals are um but if if you if you don't stop you don't lose it that's one thing i definitely would say so when people think you know because sometimes people look it's like oh well i'm a lot slower now than i was but it's like why we're saying adapt the sessions like adapt to speed, we're not saying remove it because it's like, well, if you look at how you're training now to how you trained in your 20s, it's like, well, if you're down from six, seven days a week to four days a week, well, that is going to make a difference. Mm, whether yeah. you're 20 or whether you're 40. So if you still have aspirations to do well, you still need, and that's where like, you know, uh, programs with yourselves guys or any coach is just, is so important for people because they can structure it well for you because it's going to be hard to work it out. So I think, think a couple of things, knowing the cup the knowing the things that leave you and still hitting those things so if it is like i only have 60 minutes for a run do Mm. 55 minutes and then do some strides the great thing with strides is you shouldn't be forcing them. okay so you don't have to there's no time on this it's just just at the start of you intentionally try to go a little bit faster that's all you have Mm. to do it's like i was jogging Mm. this i'll stop okay i'm just gonna run 10 seconds a little bit faster, what I feel is faster, even if it isn't faster, hmm. over time that will loosen out the body. You'll start getting a bit, um, again, a bit faster. Yeah, you'll have to do, say, your Pilates or a little bit of strength training to avoid a lot of the stiffness that naturally, you know, your body recovers so well in its 20s that you don't have, and even in its 30s. But, um, you'll have to do a little bit of that work, but that's just that's just part and parcel of it. And then again, as yeah. you said, definitely go to like two sessions a week because you need that extra recovery time as you go into your 40s. But there's no reason why you still can't achieve good times or uh, do well in events in your 40s. It's still young. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. not, you know, we're living nearly to like 80, 90, 100. Yeah, so yeah. it's still very young. Yeah,
3: yeah. I think that the other thing to remember is that everyone is in you know, in an age category and an age group is going through the same experience. So you might well have be running with the younger people and not keeping up and all those sorts of things, but actively you're training within a set collective. If you see what I mean, it's kind of, yeah. you know, if you're running with masters or seniors or however it is, you want to look at it. Yeah. Of course, if you're trying to go to park run and, and win in, yeah, 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 exactly. And win, that, <laughs> and win that every weekend. And, you know, you've got 19 year old kids there who are just absolutely smashing you. And you're just like devastated. Cause you keep, you're not quite there. <laughs> that's gonna happen
1: that's such a good point like that perspective is so important it's like yeah like where do you come in your age category like i Mm -hmm. did that uh the london 10k and i i I ran well i came like 10th but like i was second over 35 to mo farah like that's quite good do you know like so sometimes you could be like oh i came 12th in this race uh you know and it's like i thought i could be beating these guys but it's like you know you are the age you are as well like yeah. as you said and you should be getting yeah, yeah yeah you should you should take heart from that and as well like i feel like runners we don't and i would have definitely done this when i was younger we don't have that perspective of like you're probably fitter if you're out running right now you're probably fitter than literally 98 percent of the world's population like that's that's amazing mm. and yeah. trying to have that fitness and health like if you look at some people your your own age you don't run like i see some people my age now and it's like god they look Goals, you know. Yeah, 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 for yeah, for sure. yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. Running is is doing you great things. Is you know, even if if you're not setting the world light in terms of of time. So,
1: um, like if you're doing a seven or eight minute mile or a nine minute mile, it's like, and you could be doing that for say, in a session or in a workout. It's like 90 percent of people if you ask them, like, I'm going to shoot you if you can't do it. They wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I think that we've covered most stuff. Then, what do you what do you think?
1: Yeah, perfect. I feel like if people were doing that, one, don't uh, you can't just compare yourself to before. So the sessions that work in your twenties won't work in your thirties your forties or fifties. To um, have the variation in there again, you might have a more of a sedentary lifestyle or things, so you need something else. Be it like Pilates, yoga, uh, or strength training, just once a week, something like that. Three, try add that variation in with like either strides at the end of a run or some skipping. You naturally have that aerobic fitness. It's the other things that just go by the wayside and you'll get a lot better results. And then four, as we said there, adapt the training. Now you should still be sessioning. Um, so adapt, if you're in your 30s, still trying to do three sessions a week, go back to two sessions. If you're in your 40s and you're thinking, ah, oh, yeah, I'm not as fast as I used to be. If you're only running easy runs every day you go out that's not good <laughs> enough again like kick yourself up the arse and say look I can back go <laughs> arse is a <our> classic arse <laughs> uh, go back doing two sessions a week this yeah, this, yeah. this podcast guys this wasn't like uh, oh nice to listen to this is like uh, what we want to change behaviour yeah. after
3: this yeah we don't yeah. want people to yeah, sort yeah. Of drift off casually while they're running along to some nice conversation we need to shock some reality into them <laughs> <laughs> This is
2: like an intervention. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if people if people want to know more about your running and and, and the Pilates and everything that you do, where, where can they go? Uh,
1: best place to go is I have a free book. It's called um, Get to the Line in the Best Shape Possible. I just I do a lot of articles for newspapers and stuff. So if they go to Everard Pilates, so that's E V E R A R D P I L A T E S dot com forward slash book. So Everard Pilates forward slash book just funny when I was in Newcastle or there is like rabbit because I spent like literally five minutes with a girl and had to actually write down because you say are in uh in England and it was like what are you saying or <laughs> I was like, I literally spent five minutes trying to explain my name and it's like I don't know how to say or any other
3: way <laughs> we'll put we'll put we'll put a link in the bio everyone yeah, who's yeah, listening yeah. who R... didn't understand any of that link yeah, in the bio exactly. there we go
1: yeah perfect. Guys, thanks so much I really enjoyed this
2: so that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. Big thanks to our guest, Owen Everard, and to you, of course, for listening.
3: Uh, you can subscribe to three issues of Runners World for just £5. Head to hearstmagazines.co.uk slash Runners World podcast to get this exclusive last night offer. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please share this episode. Share this episode. This is a great episode. Share this with everyone that you know of um, and get them to subscribe to. And it will be great for you to do that. And uh, well, thanks for listening. And we'll hear from us. You'll hear from us next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.
2: Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because rust new Custom Spray Five and One gives you control with five different spray patterns, so you can tackle nooks, crannies. Edges and curves, without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom spray five and one, only from Rustolium.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Gigi Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh.